Well, hey, 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 guys, you are listening to Chosen Discussions once again. And guess what today is? It is the year anniversary of the drop of this podcast, which means we're going to change things up just a little bit, just a little bit. This morning, you got motivation. This evening, you get to learn who your host is. And without any judgment, without any sugarcoating, I have one guest who is going to ask me questions and I have to be completely and utterly honest, right? We might have an additional guest on here a little bit later, but I'm gonna keep that for a little later. But anywho, the person who's going to be asking me questions is one of my dear and good friends, um, B. Jones. He's been on the podcast. (laughs) He's been on the podcast before and he is, oh my goodness. Yeah, that explains I'm everything. I'm everything. <laughs> I'm eccentric. I'm energy. I'm yeah. slightly everlasting. You about to get the greatest episode for your one year anniversary. <laughs> Which is why I chose you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So without we further, can't make this easy. We can't. We can't. Without further ado, I'm gonna give the reins over to B Jones and he becomes the host as I become the interviewee. Good, about time. Move over. All right. So, <laughs> you are currently how old? How old are you? I just turned 26. 26. 26. Agreed. Yeah. They call it educated. 20, 26 and educated. You've been, you have been recording your own podcast now for. A year. Yes, correct. Right? Correct. I'm pretty sure in those 360 odd days, you've had um, challenges, a couple triumph moments, um, stress, uh, good content out there as well. You had some moments where it's like, man, you knocked that off the park. What? Do you consider like the three biggest challenges you face with having your own podcast for you? Oh, uh, I would have to say deciding, or the first one would be deciding whether or not to continue with sending out my morning um, morning messages as well, because um, this all started with you know me sending uh, morning messages every morning since I was in the seventh grade. Um, so definitely deciding to stop that, um, was a very hard thing to do. I still do it periodically now, but that was probably one of the hardest, um, two would be the mental breakdown I had in the, in the middle. Well, it wasn't even in the middle. It was probably at probably month eight. And I was like, I want to completely just end it all. Like I was just done with just doing the podcast or just wanting to do anything, period. Um, And then three was remembering why I did it. My why constantly left um, out of the window. Like I had to look in the mirror a lot and tell myself why I was doing it, why I continued to do it. uh, And to know that the podcast wasn't for people it was literally for me. It was intended for me to listen to myself, even though I'm one of the people who 
don't even listen to my podcast. I record and go about my day. So, yeah. We definitely have that in common um, with me having my own podcast and stuff. I actually, I listened to probably the first um, two or three episodes. And then I just stopped. And I feel like it came out better with me not going back listening and stuff like that. For the time being, I might go back or listen to them. But I actually just listen for the feedback and response from other people. And I literally just go off of that. I was like, I'll just take y'all ear for it. Um, I know what I remember, whatever, when I record it. So um, consistency isn't an issue. You said you've been doing this since seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah, I would consistency did become an issue. Oh, it did. For a little bit. For a little bit. Do you think you turn it more into a um a habit? Something turn a hobby to a habit? Um yeah. Okay. And over the over the course of a couple of months of doing or couple of months out of the years I've been doing it sometimes it felt like a job which is why I was just like yeah it's time to take a sabbatical when it gets to something that you don't feel like you can do and it's something that you love doing then it's time for you to move back like just take a couple steps back take some time for yourself and then try again and I do that I try to do that at least every couple of months where I just take a sabbatical and just don't post it all I got you. I got you. Well, you know me. I'm all over the place. So the questions will not stay all in one category. We might bounce back to this. All right. So between seventh grade and now of just um, getting your thoughts and your voice more out there. When you go through personal things, do you think that contributes to any of your uh, motivational mornings or podcast subjects? Do you think are they ever fueled by personal things you go through? Or you think they're just current events for what you see other people's might be related to? Almost definitely. Um, a lot, a lot of my morning messages are from things that I've either went through, um, things that I've watched other people go through or conversations I've had with other people. Um, but a lot of them um, come from the things that I see when I'm driving or the things I see when I'm walking around. Like if y'all look at a lot of the titles, like you have stop sign, you have, um, you was, uh, was that? I can't help but wait. Um, you like, you have a lot of them, you have traffic. All of these, these, you know, these topics come from when I'm, sometimes it's when I'm sitting in traffic, when I'm driving to oh, work yeah. in the morning. <laughs> um, but a lot you live of- live on that side of town where y'all see traffic, traffic, keep going. Just because you live all the way in Timbuktu, mm-hmm. I live in civilization. You live, eh. Make a differ. <laughs> you tried it. But yeah, they definitely stem off of the things that I've either been through, noticed, or just pay attention to. Moving forward with like the next year worth of um, material and that motivation, as you say, like you have to tell yourself that remember what you do it for, for why you're doing it. What do you have in place to keep you on track for that? 
actually, my podcast is there's nothing ever in place. There, there are moments that I'll write out um, everything that I'm going to write out or I'm going to say for the week from Monday through Friday. Um, and then the morning that I record, because I record every morning, um, it's a completely different message. And sometimes the messages that are in my journal don't ever get read because it's not something that was intended to be said. It was probably just something that I needed to write. So it's probably just, I'm not going to say wing it because it's not a thing. It's going to be walking by faith and not by right. I got you. Got you. By faith and not right. So, <laughs> do you, <laughs> I'm just saying. So, do you think um, everything that you do write down or speaking to, is that all 100% just for you? I know you did mention like you do do it for yourself. But do you think there's ever moments where you have an episode you're like, you know, I feel like this really needs to be out there for someone else more than for me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a lot of them are intended for me to listen to because those are the messages that like God be like, hey, you're not listening to me, so I want you to listen to yourself. But sometimes just a little, whatever. But there are a lot of them that after I've had conversations with people, um that it just gets to the point where you're just like dang somebody else is going through this or somebody else has been through this or I know someone else in this situation who listens to my podcast and they might not listen to me in the moment of me talking to them in person but they'll listen to whatever's being said on the podcast um so yeah definitely the top three biggest accomplishments in life Top three biggest accomplishments. Don't say it's not a curveball. <laughs> um, uh, biggest accomplishment. My number one, my number one overall would have to be um, taking the torch and taking care of my goddaughter when I turned 18, all the way through my undergraduate year until I was a junior in undergrad. Um, so having a newborn and going through school and knowing that it wasn't something I chose, but it was something that I had to do because that was my job. Um, two, learning to love myself and not inflict pain upon myself. Three. Learning to listen and understand versus to respond. I won't lie. Listening and understanding is a turn on. All right, moving past that. <laughs> you did say your undergrad but you didn't mention what your undergrad was. Go My bad. Shout out. You know <laughs> My better. Bad. But also, 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 great 
great, 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 great school. <laughs> the home of the great debaters, Wiley College. Home of the great debaters, <laughs> Marshall, Texas. Wiley Nation, we in there. You know, Marshall, Marshall Texas, deep east. You know, Wiley you go too College. far. You're in Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, you got to go back. So, so we also got to throw out my my masters. You know, Laterno University in Longview. Got to throw them out. Yeah, <laughs> Delroy guys. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to shout out to the masters. Like I said, educated, and you are a finer woman, right? I am a finer woman of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, Theta Chapter. Yeah, they had that at my school. Um, the school that both of us. Yeah, they had y'all at my school or whatever. Um, y'all was dope, you know. Like I said, final women, and y'all was on y'all P's and Q's with. As always. No, no Q dog, but you know what I'm saying. Y'all was on y'all thing, or whatever. And um, what? made you do that? What made you play Zeta Phi Beta? Well, I grew up around no one but AKs and Deltas. I had a few of like my mentors or whatnot who were Zetas. But I told myself that I wasn't going to get in any type of uh, organization unless it was academic based when I first went off to school um, but my uh. freshman year <laughs> my freshman year um, I was walking in the halls of Dogan my uh, my freshman dorm and oh stomping grounds keep going you know, oh stomping grounds <laughs> um, and so what people don't know about me is that I have six so I get sick very, a lot, let's put it that way. I get sick a lot. Um, and I was having an episode, but didn't have any precursors or anything to that nature. And I passed out in the hallway in front of the data room. Huh. I was a freshman. The only people who knew I had a sickle cell at the time was my roommate. And then my across the hall mate, other than the RCM. But it was at night, so our morning RCM wasn't there, and they would have to like find my file, whatever, all that stuff, whatever. Um, and I passed out in front of the Zeta room, and you heard the thump because I had I had my books in my hand. I was coming from my night class, and um, glory to God, the girl was she had just got in from work, so she had literally just walked in her room and like shut the door, so she had heard it and opened the door and came out the room and she literally stayed with me the entire time. Um, even when like the ambulance came and they got me, um, she came and visited me in my um, in my hospital room, um, checked on me every day after I got out, um, called me, you know, kept in contact with me. And a lot of my friends were already in sororities, but none of them were a part of Zeta. And a lot of them did it check on me as much as she did like they checked on me but it wasn't like to that capacity so yeah. after that I was like maybe I should look into this but in my head I was like just because she is Zeta don't mean I'm just gonna go there so I went to everyone's information 
So people wouldn't think that I was like, okay, she going. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Then my sophomore year, um, I was just like, nah, fam. Like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to do this? And so I was like, I want to express my interest in this. Uh, chose it. My professor at the time, uh, Miss Rita Thomas. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you all in the English department and nobody said <laughs> was also a Zeta. <laughs> and mm. when I showed up to um when I showed up to the informational, she was like, uh-uh. Who told you to come here? And I was like, I'm the quietest person in your class. I'll talk to you. Leave me alone. <laughs> like after that day, like you saw the bond, you saw the sisterhood, you saw everything. And they literally worked with me. Um, even like, even in regards to like me being sick or, or whatever to that nature, like they literally took me in with open arms. And still to this day, I can say that the sisterhood has never become any stronger, regardless of like what state I've moved to, um, like what church I've been to, what school, what campus I've uh, went and spoke at. I've always found a sister who was you know, willing to take me in or just to talk to me or anything to that nature. So it was definitely uh, the sisterhood that's behind it and not just, not just sisterhood, but the, uh, the scholarship that comes along with it. The community service was my favorite portion because I am very involved in my community and doing things for it. That's probably one of the main things that I'm like really focused in, into, but yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, you can stop making that look. <laughs> so, now that you have finished your master's, mm -hmm. do you have school still in your mind? You still have more dreams of going to that next level? Oh, absolutely. I actually start back school in, um, in August. <laughs> oh, God, you... You about to really be in there, huh? Yeah. Got to put some respect on your name. You know, I got to get a couple of more certifications and all this stuff. But um, I got child advocacy certification uh, loading, women in leadership certification loading. Um, and then possibly, possibly, I don't know if I want to go ahead and get my JD or if I'm going to go ahead and get my PhD. Um, but definitely before 35, you know, we're going to go ahead and... I'm not 35 yet. I just turned 26. That gives me <laughs> that gives me nine years <laughs> to get everything I need in order and, and focus. Okay, okay, you turned 26. I'm assuming you're like a tourist or whatever. Absolutely. So, I'm an Aries. Try that again. Okay, Aries Nation. This is driving crazy. All right. So, by 35, you have... Uh, like a personal goal to accomplish, you know, get knock out a couple more things, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go further in. If you had to just put an ideal age of retirement, what number do you see? Okay, this is gonna sound crazy. <laughs> it will never sound crazy. I've heard every number. Like I talked to my father who is just turned like 56 in February. Mm -hmm. And he, he'll even tell you, like, you know, the age ain't what it used to be what people were trying to retire for because they realize and now that you'll run out of money, you know, burn off all your, your little money and stuff like that. But 
what do you think is the ideal age to retire for you? For me? Yeah. I, I do not want to retire. You want to work to your debt? Pretty much. <laughs> okay. I feel like there's so much to be done. And if I retire and then leave it to someone else, yes, I can train other people to do what I do or to just do whatever. However, I still want to be a part of the process and not just be on the back end. Um, and I, I've never been that person who liked for other people to do my job. I don't mind working in groups, but I've never once thought of the process of just retiring. Like I've seen like my grandparents retire and them sitting around the house and watching TV. I don't even Same. watch TV now. Same. I read books. Like if I'm not at work, I'm going to read a book or I'm going to go be a foodie and find a new restaurant to go and try. That's me. If I don't have something to do, if my planner isn't booked for that day, then I'm probably reading a book. All right, hypothetically, let's go ahead and give you kids and grandkids and stuff, and you okay. didn't train them up to like run up some nice size company you got. Mm-hmm. You don't see yourself retiring like they got it from here, like we already good in the money. I'm gonna probably start something else. <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm a workaholic. I'm trying to put you in the home. I'm ready to ask let me, you do ask me this. Ask me this in 15 years. <laughs> I got you. Then I might say I want to retire at 52. She'll be like, oh, my feet hurt. No. Take me out of here. Take me to the cane. (laughs) All right. So who, I know you have probably multiple, but who is like your number one hero in your life? Number one hero. person, Person that just motivates you without even like even having to say words per se like just their overall being is like motivating does a person have to be alive a person does not even have to be alive uh so it would have to be my grandfather um he was my biggest supporter my biggest pusher um the person who molded me into the woman i am today um he was definitely my father figure growing up. Uh, but he always had this this saying that I have tattooed on my back. Um, it said, don't sweat the small shit because small shit won't sweat you. Um, so it's something that I carry with me often. And like we have this picture of him in the house. Um, and it's and the picture is it's not a picture that you would typically just see around the house. It's like he has this stern look on his face. Like, it's like a disapproval, but it's also approval at the same time. So like when I need like some reassurance, I just look <laughs> and be like, okay, I'm gonna do whatever the hell I need to do. Um, yeah. And then just go from there. But he's definitely, um, he's definitely someone who uh, was, is my biggest hero, still is to this day. Um, he, he was the true definition of what agape love was. Um, and he's someone that I can also see myself being more more like as I get older. So yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 
Try to have what's it. your biggest what's your biggest fear <laughs> what are you afraid of what am i afraid of i'm afraid what of three you? things i'm only afraid of no i'm afraid of four things my biggest okay. one is thunder lightning and rain all of that is one terrified don't sleep in it cry in it rock in a corner that's me i sleep i sleep in it you you gonna hate me no. i snore good in there sleep like a baby Anytime it rains, even if it's drizzling outside, I will be up all night. That's me. I'm terrified. I will cry. I have panic attacks if it's raining and I'm driving. My mom has had to come pick me up multiple times. Um, second thing is green things that roll that are edible. Not just green objects, but green things that are roll that are edible. I literally go into a frantic. I do not know why. It's happened since I was younger. Couldn't tell you why, but I'm terrified of them. Can I get an example? Peas, Brussels sprouts, the stems of broccoli, um, green grapes. Anything else that's green and roll? <laughs> yeah, all of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am highly terrified of clowns. Yeah. We're going to cancel your surprise party next year, Taurus. Don't you ever ever in your life playing anything with clowns. I tried, I, I tried to overcome my fear at Fright Fest at Six, at six Legs. <laughs> no, no, I tried, didn't work, ain't gonna happen. Nope. Um, and then the last one is making myself proud. That's dope. Okay, we talked a lot about you, rather slightly sort of talk about things that might affect or impact you. So, um, have you, do you think you've ever been in love? Yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, I have. You have been in love before? How many times? Once. Have you ever had your heart broken? Absolutely. How many times? Three. Three times? Three. Three individual times or same person? Three individual. Split, split. Different people. I'm assuming, you know, seeing how you've been doing the motivational thing since third grade, not third, seventh grade, okay. that during this, this time of then and now, that those three heartbreaks came even when you were still you know, giving yourself motivational mornings, right? One happened before motivation started. Mm -hmm. The other two daring. So the two I've during. I've had my heart broken four times. Oh, shit. <laughs> Quiet squad. Oh, God. Do you think that your motivational morning helped in any form of getting through it? I should have asked first, did you get through them? But I'm assuming <laughs> since you've been on your your stuff that you know you never let it hold you back. So well, I don't allow anything to hold me back. Have I gotten through them? I'm working on them still. We all work on ourselves process. in one way or another. Yeah, definitely a process. Definitely a process.
Do you remember your? Hmm, I'm not gonna ask that one. Do you remember? Go ahead. <laughs> we we not sugarcoating. We not keeping anything. We, we, we not sugarcoating. Go, go we not sugarcoating. I just want I want to make sure that the, your your core listeners and fans get to know like the true you and stuff. Like it isn't just you asking people questions and you throwing advice, but like you're a vulnerable person as well, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Last time you cried. Last time I cried. Like actually cried or forced myself to cry? Uh, we'll take both. Both are essential in life. So actually cried. Like actually, actually cried. Would it have to been December the 18th of 2011. The last time I forced myself to cry was last week. Why last week? What happened? So I have this thing where I have to tell myself that it's okay to be normal or it's okay to have emotions and to stop um, stop this placing myself in this perfect category when I know that I'm not. Um, but last week was the first time, last week? Not last week, week for last. Week for last was the first time that I had saw my goddaughter since she was able to go back and live with her mom. So since 20, 2017. And it's 2021. It's a lot of years. It is. And literally when I saw her, she said, are you going to disappear again? And I was like, what? Oh, that's hard. And yeah. And she was like, she was like, I love you million, 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 million miles away. But you can't leave me anymore. And that broke me because I didn't want to leave her. That wasn't my choice but it was something that had to happen. But it was, yeah. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> you trying to get your listeners to cry. I don't want them to cry. <laughs> I want them to just know that I'm a normal person. I can motivate you every day, but half of the time. You need some motivating too. That. So if you guys are listening to this, this is that moment now where go ahead, send her some feedback, send her some encouraging words, because you never know what the person is trying to motivate you may be needing. Yeah, definitely. And my blog drops today too. So you can send the feedback on the blog. You can send it to the email. I'll leave. When? Look at these platforms opening up. All right, so... uh. Besides your own podcast, what other podcasts are you currently listening to or involved in? Um, well, I currently just was on a podcast with someone. Um, what's his name? Someone invited me the day of, so. Um, what are they name? Don't tell me so many names that you don't even <laughs> remember. Oh, God. Um, I, look, I listened to your podcast. 
<laughs> I listen to that, my podcast is raunchy. It's it's so ghetto. I love it. Um, I listen to um my homeboy Mark Arnold's podcast. Um oh. his is more scientific based. Um it's a few of my friends who like have podcasts, but they be talking about the world in a raunchy way. <laughs> Oh. The world is raunchy as hell. It is. <laughs> um, but I love, to, so I love to support shit. people. So, like, I give them my effective feedback, but I'm still going to, like, listen because I love to support people just so they could support me, too. Um, who else am I? Uh, what is his name? See, I would remember the name if they wouldn't have invited me the day of. Like, they invited me, like, two hours. Oh no! Like, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be in the right headspace for that. Week. Oh, I had just been recording my own podcast, so that's the only reason why I was like, "Oh, okay, I can do this." I was, I was in the mindset at the moment. Um, but podcasts are not really for me. Is that bad to say? No, everybody has their things they like and some things they don't like. TV, not for everybody. Radio, not for everybody. Podcast, ain't for everybody. TV, not for me. I don't like radio, but I love music. You don't love music. We'll we'll get into that a little later. All right, walk us through an average day for you. Wake up at what, 4 in the morning? 4.30. (laughs) Yeesh. Wake up at 4.30 every morning. Um, I go and do my morning devotion. uh, And then I do workouts from 5 to 5.45, sometimes 5.50. From 5.55 to 6.27-ish, I take a shower, do my morning face routine, you know, all that great stuff. Um, After that, I go and do, at 7 o'clock, my alarm goes off to have my tea and water. so I have tea, water at seven. Um, then after that, I make sure that I'm dressed and ready to go. 7.45 is my protein shake. Most of the time it's already pre-made. So I just go and take my protein shake. After that, I leave the house at about 7.55, go to work. Um, I have my first client at, my first client's at nine, my second client's at two. Uh, then I get off work at about 5.30, 6 o'clock. It takes me an hour and a half to get home. So by the time I get home, I come in, take a shower immediately. Um, my nightly prayer, I go and cook dinner if it's not already cooked. Um, and then I pray. I lay in my bed until I fall asleep, but I tend not to go to sleep until about 2. And then I get on the mind. 30. I have insomnia. Oh, I forgot. I record my podcast at 8 o'clock. Yeah, you sure did forget the podcast. You have insomnia? I have insomnia, too. We got stuff in common. It's You're almost right. like you as an Aries or whatever. I am an Aries. Brandon? Oh, my gosh. We're both Aries. Both have insomnia. This is crazy. What do you do to help your insomnia? I tend to look at the ceiling. 
That show that don't help me. I look at the ceiling, it do not help me. Time just be going by and I still really I look at the ceiling or I call you. <laughs> Cause you know I'm about to be awake. Yeah, I call you. Sometimes I go to Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle House. Yeah, so Waffle House right down the street from my house. <laughs> Yo, hash browns always what have are you possibly eating up there. You're a pescatarian, aren't you? Yes, hash browns, it's potatoes. I was just saying, but you're a pescatarian? I am a pescatarian. When's the last time you had like red meat? Red meat? Ooh, high school. Maybe my sophomore year in high school. Man, I make a banging burger. I'm just letting you know that now. I've never liked burgers. It didn't, it didn't matter even when I was eating. I said I make a banging burger. I don't care about your burgers. It could be turkey. <laughs> I don't like turkey at all. <laughs> now, I love a nice salmon burger or a mahi-mahi burger. Those are good. Take off the crust, though, because that's nasty. Uh, I swear you're not an Aries sometimes. Whatever. What's your next question, say? <laughs> All right, so. Because you ain't got to the degree yet, apparently. So you have um, another segment of your podcast called Chosen Discussions, right? Mm -hmm, I do. Which, I mean, I remember it, but for those who don't remember it, if you can give them like a quick little rundown of Chosen Discussions real fast. Uh, so Chosen Discussions is an additional segment to um, Chosen Kings and Queens. Um, it is where we talk about the things that are going on in society or things that people don't talk about on a day-to-day -day basis uh, and they skip over because it's either too hard to talk about or they just don't want to discuss it. Um, so it's different topics that I think of or people have emailed me or told me, hey, you should probably talk about this. Um, and then we go from there. But a lot of them are because of, you know, current events that are currently happening in society. Okay, okay. I've definitely been a part of a couple of those discussions. You have. A little birdie or whatever told me I was like, the number one requested, but you know, we're not going to go into those, those stats. That you say you don't release that to too? the public. The birdie lines? Whole birds don't lie. They lie a little bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Continue asking your question, sir. All right, we're going to go back to the heartbreak season. Have you ever contributed to breaking someone else's heart? Have I ever contributed? Yes. Um, Have you ever been responsible for the hurting of someone else? Possibly. I would hope to say no, but possibly. Possibly sound like you're trying to deflect. This real <laughs> probably gonna give you a quick little 10 second, run through your mind real fast. Just do you ever remember somebody saying, like, well, you broke my heart too, girl? Or something like that in amongst um <laughs> as much as as much as it pains me to say I most likely have I've had a lot of my friends tell me that I've um that I've broken some people's hearts or or my nickname is what people called me the curve queen 
Yeah. Mm. Curve Queen. I believe it. Whatever. That was that, that name was given to me at Wiley, actually. Curve Queen and Gina. Why do they call you Curve Queen at Wiley? They call me Curve Queen because so my freshman year um is when I met uh I met Brandon, Brandon Legrand, not you. Um and a couple other people. Not you, like I ain't nobody. Keep going. <laughs> well, I did meet you my freshman year, but you curved me. What you mean? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Anywho, I had met Brandon and we also had met our advisor. Uh, well, he wasn't my advisor, but one of our close friends um, now of uh, Kirkland. And I would come to his cubicle and we would just sit there. We all just sit there, you know, discussing things. And it'll be somebody who just walks over there and just like tries to like hit on me. And my response would be, yeah, I'm not interested. No, this is my boyfriend. Knowing dang well I wasn't in a relationship, but I would use the people around me and be like, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm good. But I always had a response because I never wanted to talk to anybody. I was just like, oop, 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 around. So they called me current queen. And like sometimes what I said was a little lethal and I have no tact. So whatever comes out of my mouth is what comes out. Like, I don't care how it makes you feel. That's the bad part. So, yeah. You sound kind of mythical at Wiley. Um, I don't know about that. I don't think you're mythical. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Explain your definition of mythical, and then I can. You rare, like. Well, yeah, that's why I was a part of the Gina Club, apparently. The Gina Club. Yeah, the Gina Club is what someone told me at Wiley was a girl that had her head on straight, uh, didn't take any BS from anyone, and. You couldn't get anything from her if you tried. Um, Mythical. And it made sense because I was not one to play with. I, I held every, almost every uh, office at Wiley. Um, I literally was on my P's and Q's, held down two full-time jobs and was a full-time student, you know, doing all the work I needed to do, had a color-coded schedule you know, managed to have a relationship here and there, but nobody who ever went to Wiley, well, besides two people. Yeah. Other than that, it made sense. Plus, I kind of looked like Gina. <laughs> Gina had a big ass head. Anyways. Yeah. So. Don't you see this big ass guy? <laughs> <laughs> You can laugh at yourself, that means you love yourself enough. That's what they say. That's definitely what they say. So moving on from now, five years, you see yourself doing what? Five years. Not talking career-wise. No, just you. 
In five years, I feel like I've settled down, got married, had a family, you know, the idealistic thing of what people want, but I also see myself in school, you know, probably getting a PhD or whatever. <laughs> um, but I see myself being proud of me, proud of the accomplishments I've made um, and to continuously following that no schedule life anymore mm-hmm. and just you know going with the punches that's good you said that your biggest biggest accomplishments before um i believe you mentioned three of them what is what's the dark i'll give you two two of the darkest moments that you've overcame Woo! Child, you can take a deep breath. It's okay. Um, we'll get through this. <laughs> uh, deepest, darkest moment I've gotten. Dark. the darkest moment the darkest moment would have to be I literally tried to take my life four times in the same month four times four times in the same month and the very last time um, I, I was a I was a senior in high school. Oh, yeah, I was a senior in high school. Um, it was homecoming season. And I was a person who didn't like my legs. I didn't like my arms. I thought I was really, really fat or whatever. However, I weighed a buck on nine. Not really. I weighed like 90, 92 pounds the entire mm. time through high school, whatever. Um, but this one particular day, for some odd reason, um, I wore a short sleeve shirt. And I always, like, always had on clothes. It didn't matter how hot it was outside. Always had on clothes. <laughs> I was covered up from head to toe. Head to toe. You couldn't see nothing. Nothing. Unless I was in my cheerleading uniform, you couldn't see nothing. And, but this day I had on a, slur- a short sleeve shirt. And I had on some jeans. I remember exactly what I was wearing. I was wearing my senior shirt, actually. And... My mom and my stepdad were taking me to go get uh, stuff to create my mom um, for homecoming. And we were, they were sitting in the car and uh, I had leaned over the little, that little middle console and my hands were like this, or my arms were like this. So you can see my arms, so you can see the cuts and the marks and whatnot. Um, and I wasn't thinking anything of it. And my mom was like, what's that on your arm? I turned over real quick. I was like, nothing. And I said, I was like, let me see it. I was like, oh, nothing. Uh, I left my wallet in the house. So I went in the house, went and grabbed a jacket, <laughs> put it on. <laughs> like that didn't make it anywhere obvious. And um, came back out. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And they was like, we're not going nowhere. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't need them all. Tried to go back in the house. Didn't work. And uh that was like the day that 
my mom and my stepdad found out that like I was cutting and burning myself uh, in more places than just my arm. And they were like questioning why I did it and, and so forth and so forth. But it took me seeing my mother cry for the first time and my stepdad to cry in front of me for the first time at the age of, I think I was 16. Yeah, because I graduated at 17. Um, for them to cry in front of me and saying that they actually wanted me here. But I grew up my entire life feeling as if nobody cared that I was here anyways. I was literally always locked in my room. Nobody asked me to go anywhere. Like even my mm -hmm. friends didn't ask me to go anywhere, which is why we're not friends to this day. But like, I was, I was literally the outcast. I was the only girl in my family, you know? And my, the only person that I knew that actually saw me for who I was was my grandfather and he had just passed so I didn't I didn't want to you know to sit through or, or live with any of that um and I felt like the best possible version was for me to you know disappear um and I just I, I had always felt like that but that was probably probably the darkest moment because after that I had to go to counseling didn't want to talk to that lady, still didn't talk to that lady. Um, and that didn't help. It kind of just egged on, egged it on even more because shit got worse over the years and it was just bottled up um, until it finally just came out to why I was doing what I was doing. It wasn't just because I felt like an outsider, but it was because, um, you know, I was, enduring things that a lot of people endure and don't talk about and I never wanted to tell anyone I never wanted to say anything and when I finally did someone told me I was lying so I tried again and again and again until that last time that last time was at Wiley Oh. Yeah, the last time was that one. You think it was a sign that the one day that you know be not covered up, you go into the car not thinking. I didn't think that was like that wake up call. I don't know if it was a wake up call for me or if it was a wake up call for my family. I mean family to like notice like something's different. Yeah, and that didn't really change too much. Like, yeah, that didn't really change too much. I still felt like an outcast until maybe into these recent years, maybe till I was like 21, 22. So the recent years for you, 26. Okay, keep going. Yo, from from <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yo, from from 16 to 22, that's six years. Yeah. Six. Yeah, I lived it before I done it. So yeah. It was a, yeah. But I was sound like a dark moment and stuff, but you've overcame it. You've yeah. Overcome. I, you know, I've made promises to myself. I make sure that I don't touch any, I try not to touch any sharp objects. Try not to, but I'm low key, you know, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> I like Charlotte. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you are still amongst us. I feel like you have purpose and many, many years of giving purpose out there, as well as your foundation inspiring to a group of others, let they be older or younger. I'm sure you have a fan base that would like you to stick around for a long time. So. I want to be around for a while. I don't know how long, but for a while. So if you were talking to someone who's facing a dark situation similar to the one you have been through, what would you recommend as advice first? <laughs> advice first. Keep telling someone until someone believes you. Because that was the one thing that I didn't do. After someone told me that I was lying or that I didn't know what I was talking about or that I should just suck it up because I was a kid and I don't go through anything. I bottled everything back up. And that's what I did. It was easier for me. So, bottled it up. yeah, the best advice is to continue to tell someone until someone believes you. Um, you are a woman of art. You draw, right? I do. And paint. I do. And you're tatted as hell. <laughs> I have 13, yeah. 13 tats, a baker's dozen. All right, so for the people who don't know about you, mm -hmm. let's talk about these tattoos and um, all the meaning behind them because you said you don't have any blank tattoos, right? They all have purpose. Yes. Let's yeah. go do all 13. Let's do this. Okay, so... um. My very first tattoo is the one on my chest. Um, it says hope one way and then faith the other way. It's an um, ambergram. Um, and then it has DP for my father's initials. Um, so I got hope and faith because hope, um, I always hope to live by what I tell other people and then faith because I'm walking by it. Um, and DP is because one of those are my middle initials, but they're also my grandfather's uh, initials to his name because I was named after him. Um, my tattoo on my right shoulder is um, Roman numerals. It's my birthday because I was born April 17th of 1995. I was a preemie, um, but I am an Aries. So you wasn't technically supposed to be an Aries. Yeah, kind of there. Right? And that's what I'm hearing. Is if that's true, you was not supposed to be an Aries, right? However, I am. If you were full term, you wasn't an Aries, right? You'll be, you'll been what? What's September 12th? Uh, Virgo? Somewhere in there. Hmm. Whatever. I knew you was a Virgo. Whatever. <laughs> you don't even know what you are. Calm down. Can we finish? I'm left. Okay, okay. Anywho, okay. Um, my next tattoo, my third one, was the one on my wrist. Um, it's a small uh, cross because I am Christian. Um, 
And I definitely believe in God and everything that he has for me. Everyone doesn't. I'm not going to force you to, but that's what I believe in. Um, then my fourth tattoo and my fifth tattoo, um, they're both on my back. Uh, one down my spine is never sweat the small shit because small shit won't uh, sweat you. That's going down my spine. Um, my back mural, my back bottom tattoo is a mural of two old souls. So it's literally two old crepit hands mending back a broken heart. Um, so it's the love story between my God, my grandfather and his um, ex-wife, um, how they tried so many times to, um, to rekindle their love and to make it actually work all these years. It took them years, like 20, 30 years to try to rekindle it to eventually where they got married um, and some BS happened. They got divorced. They tried to get married again. You know, they were trying to rekindle a love that wasn't meant to be rekindled. Um, but so it was basically their souls dying together, trying to mend back that love that they wanted. Um, so that's that one. Then going from there, um, my left shoulder says, um, you are not built to break. Um, I got that immediately after um, my last um, suicidal incident. Um, cause I knew that, um, because I tried so many times and it didn't happen, it was, there was some reason to why it didn't happen. So I got, I'm not built to break in blue, um, because I was always told that your blood is, uh, as blue as your veins before it hits the air and then it turns red. So I got it blue. Um, then after that we have. My next one, which is uh, on my ankle, it says, I'm fine, save me. It's another ambigogram. Uh, <laughs> um, one way it says I'm fine, which is the term that I used to give a lot of people uh, when they asked me how I was. Um, but that was my way of telling them, hey, I need help. But without me saying I need help. So I'm fine, save me. Um, then we go to my left arm. I have a semicolon with birds flying away. Um, a semicolon means that life continues to go on. Um, it continues to keep moving forward, keep going. Um, the birds symbolize, um, even though birds fly away, they always come back. Mm -hmm. um, then after that, I have a quote that says, and so she continues. That's uh, with three, um, with an ellipses at the end. If you know what an ellipsis is, it means that there's always gonna be something that follows it. So I'm gonna continue to do whatever comes after that. Mm -hmm. um, then we go over to my other side. Um, I have a tattoo that is um, a silhouette of a woman who has clocks in between her body. Um, and it, the, it means it takes time to make a queen. And each clock represents a different um, time in my life where something um, prominent happened, but it happened not just with me, but within my family. Um, right underneath it, I have um, God is greater than your highs and your lows. Um, underneath that, I have 70 times seven, which is Matthew 22 and 18. Um, that's forgiveness. Wait, time you're supposed to forgive somebody. Yeah, I know something about that. Yeah. Um, so that's forgiveness. 
Then I have my favorite piece, my all-time favorite piece that I'm uh, currently working on the addition for the rest of my side up um, is the tattoo on my uh, on my thigh. Uh, my 13th piece, <laughs> well, this was my 12th piece. Uh, my 13th piece was the one I just described. But um, my 12th piece um, is my I am enough piece. It is a woman who's crouched over holding herself. Um, and in between her cracks, like you can see the cracks of her body or the or her veins like poking out um, because of how broken she is. But she has a crown on her head that says queen. She has a puzzle piece to the outside of her that says enough. And then in between each part of her, uh, the cracks of her body, it says talented enough, bold enough, strong enough, pretty enough, um, beautiful enough, um, intelligent enough. And it says I am enough. Um, so it's, it was basically a way of telling myself that, hey, you're enough in every capacity, doesn't matter which way, um, which light, you are everything, and then some. So that's 13. We have four more to get. I'm currently drawing up my, my, next, my next one. I have my one for underneath my rib cage already finished. Uh, I just have to get it put on my body. Then I have to draw two more after that. Wow, you on it. Yep, 17 is the number. <laughs> Why'd you pick 17? What, well, 17 is my birthday, but um, seven is the number of completion. And if you add one to it, it's new beginnings. So eight. Seven is the number of completion, huh? Mm hmm Yeah, that's what they told me. Yep. <laughs> well, Queen. Her queen. Don't roll your eyes. I feel like uh, a lot of us have learned more about you than you probably ever had to put out there before. Yeah, I definitely do not open up to anyone, let alone on a social platform. But you know, this is kind of like, I think the next step for you, right? Yeah, getting to know your host. Oh, wow. She took that leap. How does it feel? Do you feel liberated? feel like you got a burden off you? Do you feel anxious? I feel like my life isn't private <laughs> anymore. Oh, no, that's <laughs> out the window. There's only one thing that's like way more than this. Which is what? Oh, that's OnlyFans, girl. You good. You're on the, you're on the better end of this. <laughs> I, I tried to create an OnlyFans for feet. But your art for feet? For feet. Because people kept telling me I had pretty feet. So I was like, I get my toes done every two weeks. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, can't do it. <laughs> not for feet. You're funny. You didn't even <laughs> Yo, put your you toes know how many in. people have foot fetishes? A lot. Supposedly, if you're telling me that you out here. <laughs> Yo, if well, I want to hear that, hey y'all, if y'all want her to bring back the foot only fans, now's the time to go ahead <laughs> and drop the uh the request, and she might just be uploading some feet, one foot, two foot, three foot, four. So, <sighs> what's the next step? What's the next thing you want to do? The next thing I want to do. Yeah. Shoot. Talk myself into uh, not being scared to love again. 
That's essential. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. I've been single for four years. You ain't missing nothing out there. I'm letting you know now. Like it's a whole paragraph we live in. This papaya is killing everybody. Not this papaya. <laughs> it is. I but for the last team people you said what? I hate it here. It, it is what it is. We're going to stay back. Always. You need to invite me back on the show. I got some stuff to say. Well, by all means, we can do that. I need to be on yours, too. Say less. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Other than that, you got any more questions? No, no, I, I have enough out there. I think we we tapped into our inner host and we learned more about her. Um, just let you know when you do come on my podcast, your nickname is definitely Curve Queen. Now I'm on. You <laughs> and then you, I've heard I even you told you that. Here. You got the line, and you said I curse you your first year at Wiley. Yeah, you about to do this on your page or on your show. <laughs> so we're going to bring the war to on our show, and we're going to get to the bottom of that. But thank you for inviting me on here. Uh, I enjoy taking control of your shit because it's fun. Seeing that look on your face of you, like, really having a um, – not take control of everything unless somebody else, you know, get a chance. <laughs> something I'm not good at. Oh, I, I see. You might actually be an Aries or whatever. Anyway. I'm so glad that you were able to take the reins, um, take me out of my comfort zone, um, and, you know, do some things that I am scared to do by myself. So it was good. However, you might not be the only one who's able to do this. They might just have a little, little, little chance of having someone else ask me questions today, too. I guess they just got to stay tuned, huh? Yeah, definitely got to stay tuned. Just definitely. Thank you for coming, Brandon. No problem, Queen. All right, guys, welcome back to the second portion of Chosen Discussions. Our new panelist is English Fields. Uh, one of my very, very, very good friends. However, they are a pain in my arses, and I am a little scared of what the questions are going to ask. However, we're going to, you know, go ahead and speed this along and give the reins over to them. Hey, okay. So the first question is, it's just a teaser question, okay? So don't, okay. don't think it's, you know, no pressure. Mm. Um, after this, uh, you're taking me on a date, right? Whoa, <laughs> how did we get here? How did we get here? It's a teaser question. You it said I could ask anything. You can ask anything. So that's one of my questions. Are you gonna take me on a date? Am yes. I gonna take you on a date? Can I take myself on a date first? <sighs> you never do right, you never do right. <sighs> Anyways, seriously though, seriously, 
Um, I've known you for like six years now. Um, and I think we've discussed this question in, but I'm not sure if it was in depth, but why Wiley and why not Texas Southern or Prairie View or Howard or Spelman? Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, had you not went to Wiley, we, 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 we would not have met through HBCU All-Star for that record. But I'm just saying, why Wiley? Um, well, Wiley was not my first choice. It definitely was not. Um, however, um, my mom got sick about a month before I was supposed to leave to go to school. Um, so I was applying to schools that had open enrollment that were closer to home. And Wiley was one of them and I wanted to go to an HBCU. So uh, I needed to be somewhere where I could drive to come home if something were to happen. Um, and Wiley ended up giving me a full ride for academics and for athletics. And I chose academics. Um, after my first year, I didn't want to be there, but I ended up staying there and I wouldn't change my experiences for anything because I probably wouldn't have been able to do a, all of the things that I did do at Wiley at any other school. Athletics, what did you play? A lot of things. I did track, cross country, tennis, uh, drill, unarmed drill, um, physical training for LTC, volleyball, softball. Yeah, I played a lot. That, that, that seems like you. That seems like you, so I ain't even gonna trip off that. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Oh, my favorite thing. Um, the most spontaneous would be I hiked in an active volcano in Kenya. It seems like you too. I'm yeah. not surprised. It was really fun. And there were no harness, no ropes, no nothing. It was just hiking with your bare body. Okay, daredevil. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no words. Um, okay. If you could share a meal with four individuals besides me, living or dead, who would they be and why? So you're included in the four or I have an additional four no you have an additional four I'm just saying besides me you know because you're taking me on a dinner date after this and after I come to Texas wow yeah okay. I know, right? didn't even agree to this but okay yes, you did. Um, four people that I would have dinner with they can be dead or alive um uh Hakeem Olajuwon basketball player um, um oh Gregory Dix my grandfather and Bill Gates. That's three. That's four. You say them again. Hakeem Olajuwon, Gregory mm-hmm. Dick, my grandfather, and Bill Gates. Oh, that is four. I do apologize, Quad. I'm sorry. You know, you know, I'm sorry. But why though? 
Hakeem Olajuwon because he's one of my favorite basketball players um, of all time. Um, so I would definitely love to sit down and sit down with him, talk about stats, um, and just get to know him as an all-around person. Um, Gregory Dix, I met him in Atlanta when I went, um, and a, a couple of years later, uh, he passed away. So um, I didn't get to like sit down and just like talk to him, pick his brain a little bit. I really want to. Um, my grandfather because I miss him, and Bill Gates because. I want to know what makes him tick. Well, like, he's single now, so. You know, I don't care about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I really just want to, I want to know what, what makes him tick. Like, what made him start Microsoft? What made him, you know, leave Microsoft? Like, what made him do the things that he did? And would he change anything about it? I also noticed on your list, you didn't have any women on the list. I didn't. I didn't have any women on the list. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. Um, so what's the best piece of advice you could give some that someone has given you? Besides my antics, but go ahead. Best piece of advice would be from one of my exes, actually. Um, uh, he told me I was leaving, I was moving away to Jersey, um, and we had just broke up. So it's been about four years since he said this. Um, and he was like, you are powerful, but you are not indestructible. And I was definitely a person who just loved to be a busybody and move around and think that I always had to be perfect when I was nowhere near. But in my mind, I had to be perfect and I couldn't make anyone think otherwise. So it, it definitely helped me change the perspective of what I was doing and how I was doing things. Um, and to know that, yes, I can do a lot of things that I'm really good at, but I'm human things happen so yeah that's the real spill um what do you think um oh yeah I had like a brain fart I'm sorry um that was deep that was real deep um what's the worst phase in your life and what was the best phase in your life Ooh, worst phase My worst phase would probably have to have been my sophomore year of high school. So it's been it's been a long time. Worst phase. Um, that was when uh, two weeks before my sophomore year, my grandfather passed, um, and I was the one who found him. Mm. Um, so that was a, that was a that was a very rough season, because um, he was my father, at the same time. So, it was like I was losing my grandfather and my father at the exact same time. Let alone I, I you know I found him in in his state of whatnot. So that was definitely a rough season to go through. Um, best season. 
My best season would have had to been the first three years of my undergrad. That's when I had custody of my goddaughter. Um, I was 18, raising a newborn. Well, she wasn't really newborn. She was a one. But um, 18, raising her, um, going to school full-time, having two full-time jobs at the same time. But it was probably the season that one not only brought me closer to who I was as a person, but um, it matured me a lot, like a lot. So yeah, definitely my best season. Yeah, I think I met you around that season. You did. Yeah. Oh, the memories. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um. Looking back on your life, what have you done that has given you the most satisfaction besides meeting me now and fighting with me every other month? What has given you the most satisfaction? Uh, the most satisfaction? And it's besides meeting you? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know I, I, I am, you know, that kid now. Don't get me wrong, but you know. Besides meeting you, okay. Um, I think the thing that's given me the most satisfaction is being able to finally say that I'm proud of myself versus anyone else. Yeah. Cause I tell you that all the time, but I don't think you'd be believing me. You know, when other people say things, it doesn't manifest in my life. It doesn't. I'm, I'm being completely honest. A lot of people can say the same exact thing. And until I can say it to myself, I be over here looking at life confused. <laughs> What's crazy is you tell me the same stuff and I'm supposed to believe everything you tell me. I don't have to believe anything I tell you. But you always push it into me to believe it. Because I believe in you. And you should believe in you. I do. As of now, lately, you know. But that's we're not here for that. Anyway, um, let's see. Okay. You're single, right? I am. Been single for four years, four and a half. Something like that. I'm trying to be like you when I grew up. No. Uh, so, <laughs> what did your past relationships teach you? Ooh, let's see. Um, that I believe in longevity. Uh, I don't like wasting time. Um. But I think all of them told me, or they all taught me a little bit more about myself um, and about how I can deal with people um, and, you know, how to become dependable and knowing that in a relationship you're building with someone else, it's not just two independent people coming together and then being independent as a relationship. That's not how things work. 
when you're in a relationship, you're, yes, you're still both independent and you're, you're like-minded. However, um, it's okay to be dependent on someone sometimes, whether it's emotionally, um, financially, sp- uh, spiritually, and so forth. We're, we're humans. We, we need that human connection at the same time. But if you, if you feel as if you're independent and you don't need anyone else, then relationships are not going to be the thing that, that push you, that make you strive, that, that you even just want. Because I was that person. I was just like, shit, I can do everything for myself. I don't, don't need nobody. You just here. You're adding to me, period. Like, that's it. That's, that's just how I felt. Um, now, when it came to certain things, certain aspects, like, who, who was to tell me anything in regards to relationship? I believed in communicating. Um, however, I shut down when things, you know, hit the fan. So it definitely taught me how to, um, you know, listen to understand versus listening to respond, but also to be able to take that moment and be like, okay, we not getting this. Let's let's step back for a moment, and then we can come back and come to a conclusion or come to a consensus on what we need to do to work this through or work this out. Um, but also knowing when to leave, like. That became my 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 guiding point. Leaving was hard for me. I was in, I believe in longevity and I believe in working everything out. Like even when the shit that shouldn't be worked out, that shit, bam. But <laughs> I definitely did that. So learning how to leave was probably the biggest one. Okay. I think I have maybe like two more and then I'm gonna end the questions. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, what's something horrible that we as humans have accepted because that's just how things are, but actually things don't have to be that way at all? Um, we've accepted that looks matter. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up knowing that, well, let's change that. I grew up in a household that I was the only girl. So my brothers were constantly my biggest bullies um, or anything to that nature or the people around me. But like in the house, my brothers were my bullies. Outside of the house, society was my bully because I didn't look like the typical girl or I didn't look like the girl that they wanted or you know, I might have, I had, you know, brains and beauty and, well, I had brains, but not their beauty. I had beauty, but didn't have the beauty they wanted. Um, you know, I was, you know, I was that Tom girl. I was Tom girl. <laughs> I was that tomboy who, who knew how to dress like a girl. Um, mm. But I wasn't the ideal version of what people think women should look like. And I have my faults too, because like, I don't have a problem with what a man looks like. I don't discriminate unless it's something that's not in my preference. And it's a preference. But what's your preference? What's my preference? I won't date anyone who's light skinned. (laughs) (laughs) And it it only comes because one, it's, it's, it's probably the most naive thing of me to say 
But because I was watching Tyler Perry one day and Mr. Brown told Cora and the doctor, y'all both light-skinned. Y'all babies gonna come out clear. So after that, I I was like, yeah. But it was it wasn't just that that made it like to where I just won't. It was more so my experiences with men who are my 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 color. Mm. Um, and I know how I am or whatever. So yeah. It goes into colorism, but we're not gonna get yeah. into that. Definitely goes into that. But um we're not gonna get into that <laughs> but definitely uh physique and whatnot definitely has been something that we we as a human race has um has just become enticed with like no one looks at people because of who they are anymore or what their personality or their morals or their values anymore they they literally go based off of what they what their face looks like or what their body looks like or what social media says that they should look like or how they should you know interact or what they should be doing and that's not at all what it is if i if i'm you know around someone and they not as you know cute or handsome or whatever you want to call them but their personality is you know a one their morals are A1, their values are A1, like they can hold a conversation and it's not just on the surface. By all means, I'm gonna be more intrigued by them than someone who has the looks, the brains, the beauty and can't tell me nothing. You can barely barely regurgitate what you learned yesterday, let alone what you learned back in high school or you know, what you learned on the street or whatever. I'm not that person. Like. I just don't see how we came from, you can look like this, this and that. You don't have to show your body. You don't have to, you know, you can cover your body completely and people see you as a whole person versus now you walk, you gotta, you gotta be half naked for anybody to just see you, period. And the people who do see you are probably not the ones that you want, but they're probably the people that deserve better, that deserve more that see you more that they listen to you they understand you they want you for you and not what you what your looks bring to the table that's the real spill you know yeah you know um i go through that myself so i i can resonate with all of that um i ain't no 10 i may be like a seven or some shit but you know I, 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 I ain't gonna like, lie, I'm a 4.7. Folks always want to use their little line numbers and things. I'm like, ooh, we kill me. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, last question. Okay. What makes you genuinely happy besides traveling? Because you'll travel. Okay, traveling. <laughs> yes, because you'll go somewhere tomorrow and I probably won't know until the next week. Well, yeah, I was in such and such yesterday or last week. You was? Yeah, you know, I just love to travel. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I try to travel at least twice a month, even if it's like a road trip. But if I if it's on a, you know, flights, though, that traveling is really what makes me happy. But what utterly just makes me happy is motivating people to 
to do what they do best, to not give up, to see them for themselves and to be authentically them. I love when someone can come back to me and be like, hey, remember when we talked about this yesterday or last week or a couple years back or blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? I'm doing it. Or, you know, they're highlighting their life for the things that they were so scared to do, but they're doing now. And, you know, seeing people flourish or seeing people do things that they were scared to do before is really what makes me happy. Like that, that's something to, because it, one, it's not just about you anymore. It's someone went out and did something that could change their lives forever. And they did it being them. So definitely that. You know, I, I do appreciate you though for um, being this vulnerable because not a lot of people can be vulnerable and tell their listeners such as self because, I mean, I listen to you every other day, motivation, whatever. But for you to be vulnerable to answer these said questions and the part one, you know, that, that, that's, that says a lot and that sets the tone for you as an individual. Um, I know I tell you this all the time, but I'm proud of you. Um, you know, you've helped me through things and we stay into it, but I have to see the light and you have motivated me through this doctoral journey up until this point, because you know, you still gotta help me write my dissertation or read it at least. Um, but yeah, like you, you do motivate people. Um, you set a standard choices. <laughs> like you set a standard, you know, I, I, I'm very proud of you, you know, so just uh, need you to go to law school and make sure you give me some Jordans, but, um, Anywho, I appreciate you as well. Um, you've definitely pushed me to do things uh, that I would never tell you that you've told me to do, but <laughs> you have. Um, and me being vulnerable is definitely something that I've never done, and you you know that. Um, <clears throat> shut up. Um, but you you definitely know that. Um, and when one of my friends gave me the idea of doing this for my one year, it was something that I was just like, uh. Mm -mm, you know but I was just like I've been doing this for since the seventh grade and I didn't start my podcast till a year ago and it literally is something I've never done like people ask me but what about you or this and that and da 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 and I've always sugarcoated things like don't yeah. ask me, don't do this like da 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 like don't worry about what I'm going through let's let's talk about more about you I always, you know, deflected away from what I was, mm -hmm. you know, or whatnot. So um, allowing people to see and know who I am as an individual and to know that I'm human is what is what truly matters because a lot of people think that you're not and you are completely like I'm human. I'm just as human as anyone else. I go through shit. I have a sailor mouth, like... You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I am that person, but I'm also, I'm also this, this woman who is working on her taxes, working on her, her, her professionalism, but 
just working on her, her elegance as she walks throughout society. Yes, you won't see what I'm going through, but you know I've been through something. And that's, that's, what, that's what I want people to see and to know that, hey, you're human. It doesn't matter what people see on the outside. It's how people view you versus the insides of you. And that's, you know, everything. And then some. So I definitely appreciate, you know, you being here on the podcast for my year. It's been a long time coming because I've been trying to get you on here. But um, much. I've been busy, okay? I believe in you, my PhD student, whose um, degree is going to also be mine because I feel like I've been doing all these dang papers with you every day. Wait now, I- hold up. <laughs> don't do that. I almost, I almost put drop some names of these professors that I don't like, and I ain't even in class. <laughs> Shout out to Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, though. Okay, for a PhD candidate. Uh, no, man. I'll, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> but no, you know, you know, you'll be in those acknowledgments. You know. So. But um, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and close this out. Um. I thank each and every one of you guys for listening tonight. Um, And thank you for supporting. It's been a year, a long year, uh, a triumphant year, but also a challenging year. And just know that we're going to have a few more things to to come out for the year to come. Um, I don't know how much longer the podcast is going to go on, but it's going to keep going. So keep listening, keep sharing, keep pushing, keep motivating yourselves as I tend to you know, keep uploading these things. Um, but last but not least, remember, remember that I am utterly proud of you. All that you are, all that you're doing, all that you are becoming, but you should also be proud of yourself. And the blog drops tonight. One year in, one year out. Love you guys.